With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show. Your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, yo, 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 it's Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here in overtime on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we have hit the end of the first three hours. We knocked out a lot as we were looking at the vision. And believe me, it was abbreviated. But we did a lot, and we had a good time in the first three hours of the Couch Potato Sports Show. We continue the madness here on the Couch Potato Sports Show with our coverage of the NFL as we didn't even get an opportunity to talk about some of the news, some of the signings, some of the things that were on in the NFL, so we continue doing that. Welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show Overtime. Big week here for my locals for listening out there as far as the locals are concerned. Our pregame show for the Rowlett Eagles will be up on no later than Thursday, possibility of Wednesday. We got also later on this week on the air with Sonny Clark for our locals for some of the local political things that are happening. I've got on the mayor of Rowlett. I also got a special guest and bring it on Retta, um, uh, uh, Retta, um, uh, what's her last name? Retta Anderson uh, up on the show. So look out for that. She's running for House District 113. So our political side's kind of kicking up because there's a lot of issues right here in Rowlett. So I decided to bring that up on there. So a lot of good things coming on. Uh, so watch out for that on the air with Sonny Clark, as well as the pregame show for the Rowlett Eagles. That's always a big time there. So it's uh, Red, I, I'm sorry, it's Retta Andrews Bauer. Uh, who's going to be on with us as well as the mayor of Rowlett. Good time stuff and ready to go. Going to get a message over to uh, uh, Cuervo that we are ready to go. Um, um, uh, We are on the air sending that message over to Cuervo, so hopefully he'll be able to get up on here and get going here soon. Uh, What a great, great week that is about ready to start. And, and it, it's everything coming to pass. I mean, you have college football. There was some college football. No big colleges starting. That's this weekend. High school football starting. College football starting. The NFL starting the week after. I am telling you right now, we are in a mix. This is some good time stuff coming. And I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see where we are 
moving into the first week of the NFL season that starts next week here. So we'll be doing that up on there. And as promised, we are here on overtime as we'll be talking some more news and some things. Here, Cuervo is going to get back in with us here fairly quickly. Um, hopefully I am on air. People can hear us. Um, just to let you know, we lost transmission, and it's because my house internet, as far as wireless, isn't great. If it stays on and goes, we we won't need to go to the backup uh, way um, if that ends up happening um, and, and for, for all that is going on. So having uh, good stuff going, I'm doing a couple of things at the same time. So that having been said, uh, yeah, 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 let me see here. I'm trying to call in in case we lose connection. I'll have the backup all set and ready to go. So we'll be doing that. And uh, let me hit this right here. Call it. All right, so we'll do that. So I got the backup in case we go down. Uh, the sound that you're hearing will be the normal sound. I will be making adjustments um, for the equipment uh, starting next week as far as that is concerned. So look out for that. Um, that and there I am. I got the backup mode all set and ready to go um, for the Couch Potato Sports Show. Lots of news and lots of things that we were unable to to because of the craziness of getting through all of those divisions. Folks, we went over the NFC North and South. We went over the NFC North and uh, the AFC and NFC South, NFC and AFC North, and AFC and NFC West. And we did that all in one week. I want to thank our new sponsor out there, Karen McKinney. She is the owner of Budget Blinds right there, right here in Wiley Saxe Garden, as well as Rowlett. Um, first of all, she's a great lady. That's number one. Second of all, um, she uh, is more than just a blinds person. She can help you with your with her interior decorating and things of that sort. Um, so look out for her. New sponsor of the Couch Potato Sports Show and our weekly show as well. Uh, so look out for that um i gotta get text over to uh cuervo to let him know we are on so i'm going to hit this right here and go here i'm i i gotta talk out loud if i don't do this cuervo whoop well where's my telephone number to cuervo i know i have it so i'll go a different way um so more things for the Couch Potato Sports Show. Again, this week is going to be really big for us. Hopefully everybody will be able to join us, especially right here with uh, my uh, uh, with my locals who give us a listen each and every week, Squarevo's number, and I will send him over a text and let him know we are on. We are on, and I'll, then I'll keep of him. I sent him a Facebook message and um, hopefully we'll get him in here in just a moment. All right. Some of the things, some of the news, that's what I'm going to do. He's going to go to the end of the thing. Here's the thing. Carson Wentz. Okay. For the Philadelphia Eagles. Now we had already talked about the uh, AFC and NFC North, and this is big news coming out there. They're only 11 days away from the regular season to get started for the NFL. Okay. So, as that is happening, you look at what's going on. Carson Wentz is not going to – I don't think there's no way – let's see here. Roger, we'll be there in two minutes. All right, Cuervo will be online in a couple minutes. But the Eagles desperately need this guy. But the question is, is how desperate are they? 
And, and then, then you got to ask the question, do you want to be desperate? I'm going to tell you right now, if it's Carson Wentz, you got to be really, really careful with this guy, folks. You got to watch your, your franchise. And you can say whatever you want about Carson Wentz. He's the franchise. They're not going to be able to get this done with Nick Foles in the back. Okay. It's just not going to happen. And frankly, if you're the Eagles and you're expecting Nick Foles to do what you did last year, that might be a problem for you. I don't think that's the right way to do anything in reality. So when you are the Eagles, you got to protect this guy. But right now, not cleared for contact, wearing the red jersey, and don't even accidentally get near this guy. If he's going to get hurt, it'll be him tripping over something, but it won't be anybody touching him. So with Carson Wentz in the situation that he is in, um, the Eagles, they've got to they got to deal with Nick Foles. They got to bring him on. They got to get him set and ready to go. As Cuervo said, as far as breaking news was concerned, and we had some not necessarily breaking news, but enough to where we went ahead and pulled out our man himself, Ted Koppel. But some big-time news going out there. Let's do it. Adam Pacman Jones joins the Broncos. You can say whatever you want in reality, guys. Adam Pacman Jones is a player. And he is the guy that can help your franchise. It's just what he's going to do off the football field. Will it be a problem for that football team? They shore up and they get talent. But what about the guy? Is this guy going to be able to do the job? Now, hey, that guy did very well on a football team. And I'm talking about the Bengals. I, you know, he was a good boy over there. Had just a few problems out there. But you know, not enough. And a same thing. Now, I'm going to tell you about another piece of news that has come out. And this is not great big news, but it's enough. I, I'm just going to put it out there. Yes, another Ted Koppel. And if you're a Jet fan, Lucky Whitehead was waived as injured. Now, the question will be for Lucky Whitehead. Will the Dallas Cowboys pick you up? And I, and I mentioned that because of my locals. And this was a situation where Lucky Whitehead, he got kind of railroaded. And this happens every so often. And I go back to, to a guy who I don't like in Chad Johnson regarding the abuse allegations and everything else against his uh, said wife. And girl or wife or girlfriend, where they said they abused that he abused her, and that did not happen. So Lucky Whitehead kind of fell into that as well, as it was a mistaken identity. The Cowboys cut ties with him. He went over to the Jets. So the question is: there is an undisclosed injury for Lucky Whitehead. Will he make his way back to Dallas? Because the Dallas Cowboys have need at wide receiver. Now the question is: how long will they do it? And another wide receiver going down for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Marquise Lee. Okay, this guy was expected to be a big-time guy to help a guy that really should not be the quarterback of this football team. I'm talking about, you know, uh, I cannot believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not improve at the quarterback position. As a fan, Blake Bortles, 
is not your answer, and you don't want them to be the answer. You don't want the Jacksonville Jaguars to still think he is the answer. And just by talent alone, you don't want him there. But this injury hurts Mike Bortles big time. Josh Gordon back on the active roster for the Browns, and the Browns are said to be interested in one, the one, the only, Des Bryant. Will that end up happening? You know, Des Bryant has put himself in a position where his mouth has put him out, out, and his his behavior has put him out in a bad in a bad way. He don't have a football team, and the Browns are looking at him. And I don't know if that's good. We'll find out. Let's bring on the trying to host this program. It's Swervo. And the Des Bryant, now obviously we're covering that because of our locals, but Des Bryant, has he talked himself out of a job in the NFL, Cuervo? I mean, I'll have to admit it. I am no Des Bryant fan, not by any stretch. Anybody that knows me, I'm not a Des Bryant. Are you surprised Des Bryant's not on a football field right now, Cuervo, for a football team? Oh, well, first of all, Sonny, uh, good afternoon. So uh, we're starting part two of the show, Overtime. Yeah, I love part Overtime. Two. Yeah, but, love it. Uh, you know, do I, do I think Des Bryant has talked himself out of a job? Not really. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't have the greatest reputation. I think we all know that. Um, he has said things every now and then. He has a bad attitude. But here's the thing. Has he done anything out of the ordinary that – that other wide receivers have never done. No, he hasn't. He he has done or things that things that he has said and done in the past kind of you know shouldn't surprise you coming from a wide receiver if that makes any sense. Look, I don't make have, perfect. I get what you're saying. They, they have they just have that reputation of being divas, uh, uh, you know, being a little. I don't know, I guess if you want to call it thin skin, sensitive, whatever, when it comes to how they're being critiqued on their performance as a wide receiver, right? Uh, they don't like being critiqued. They, they want to feel like they're the best, and, and, and I get it. You know, they all want to be the best. Here's the problem, though, this is, and this is why I think Des Bryant hasn't gotten a job in the NFL yet. It's, for the, it's, it's, it's a simple fact that wide receivers come at a dime a dozen, Sonny. If you can get yep. a guy – that you get similar production for half the price, then teams are going to do that. So it's nothing against Des Bryant because of the name. It's because of Des Bryant because of the price tag. That's, that's what it comes down to. So, do you honestly think um, that, Cuervo? Because Bryant was talking about taking the job for the league minimum. But now, granted, that was with an NFC East team. Now, I don't know if he's asking for anything more from any other team, I don't think if I mean if you don't have a team, you better just be in there. In reality, Des Bryant can get the and you know the, he can get the promotions and the um, and the sponsorships and everything else that he'd need to make the extra money. I'm not you know as far as money. First of all, I'm not worried about Des Bryant and money. He got plenty of money to be a mediocre wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. So he, it's not money in reality that my understanding. I, and again. I don't know the specifics. I know he said he'd play for the league minimum in the NFC East so he can play against the Cowboys because of that quote-unquote revenge. And I'm going to tell you right now, all the people that needs to be talking like that, it shouldn't be Des Bryant. He's lucky that Jerry Jones put up with this nonsense for as long as he did and gave him the contract that he did in order to be mediocre. 
Yeah, and that, and that's a good point. Um, you know, I just I just think that it was you know, I guess it was just it was just the right time in in Dallas's opinion to get rid of a Des Bryant. I think he started he started questioning the coaching staff and stuff like that, and then obviously oh, once yeah. he left, that's when he really kind of let his opinion now about the coaching staff in in Dallas and maybe maybe that's why maybe that's the reason why is because you know they they see him as a guy that oh if things don't go his way he's going to start publicly uh trying to uh call out the coaching staff and and, and you know as a coach I mean obviously you're not going to take you're going to you're not going to take that crap from a player right so in order to just avoid the whole situation, like, yeah, you know what? We're just not even going to bother with him because if he starts – if things don't go the way he wants and he starts uh, getting frustrated or whatever, and then he's going to start criticizing us or our organization, yeah, no thanks. So now now what I, what I would say to that, though, is if you're a team that desperately needs a wide receiver, I say – you swallow your pride a little bit. You sign this dude for one year. Look, you give him one. You give him one year, and if if he decides to criticize coaching staff or whatever, he runs his mouth. You cut. You could cut ties with him, and it's it's very little to no uh, cap penalty. You know what I mean? So yep, that that's that's the way I would approach it if I was an organization. But like, look, we're going to give you one year to prove yourself. Uh, take it or leave it because he's not getting a multi-year deal from it. The one time that he got an offer from Baltimore, he rejected it. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what that, that says about either the offer or does Brian himself, but he had an opportunity and he, and he said, thanks, but no thanks. So now if he does sign with a team, it's going to be a one year deal. It's going to be a couple million bucks. He's not going to get what he, you know, what he thinks he's worth. And, you know, a good organization will, will set the set the rules for him, not him set the rules for the the coaches or whatever the case may be. Like, oh, I want this many, you know, targets or this many balls thrown to me, whatever the case may be. But, like, look, you're going to contribute. You're going to get what you get, and, and that's it. Either that or you're we're not going to sign you. Like, I don't know. I guess – my point is you got to play hardball with Des Bryant because you can't allow him to set the, to set the rules or to set the, the, the terms of, of him signing with a team. That's, that's just not the way it works. You bet. Hey, did you hear that notification I heard in my ear? Um, which one? Let's see. Let me it see ju- just now. It just, it just made a little noise just like 10 seconds ago. I did not, Sonny. I didn't get anything. Okay, good. That's good because that it, I thought it would uh, drive everybody nuts. But hey, back to back to what it is. All, I think all or nothing hurt this guy, and I'm talking about the Amazon thing. Um, you know, the Amazon the, the Amazon uh, feature that was on the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and, uh-huh. and, yeah. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, it hurt him. And, and the main thing is is that Des Bryant forgot that the cameras were there, and that and that is great for TV, bad for him. I mean, the simple fact of the matter is you saw this guy calling out his coaches. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Why should we do this? Why should we do that? And I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I think I'm right there with you. Coaches are looking at that going, 
why, why should we even deal with this? I, you know, you know, he, and the fact that he did not produce what he should have been able to produce. I'm going to tell you right now, the Dallas Cowboys are much better with this guy without uh, him on the football field. I'm going to tell you right now, it, it, it's the best thing for the franchise in reality. Because of the fact that this guy, it, you, say whatever you want, but this guy is going close to being a uh, a Terrell Owens, but a guy who gets in trouble off field, unlike Terrell Owens. A guy that is, is he worth the headache to have? And that's what people look at him. The diva type um, wide receiver is not looking that good. I mean, come on. You look at Des Bryant, and, and you've got a guy that supposedly should be you know, you know, all pro type wide receiver, and he's not getting that job done. And and I think there's more to it, as far as and and I don't think it was the fact that Dak Prescott doesn't like him and didn't want to give him the ball. I don't think Dak Prescott thought he was open enough to get him the ball. And I trust enough Dak Prescott to say I don't think I want to throw that ball that way, uh, more so than if it was anybody else. The first year this guy came in, he was balling. Without question, the guy was balling. And so the next year, the second year, you know, he's not finding Des Bryant. And the reason being, he didn't feel comfortable throwing to him because of the fact that the ball was not staying in his hands, especially in vital spots. You've seen him not throw the football that way. That is, that is huge. So if you get the chance, Cuervo, for one month, Start up your Amazon Prime for one month for 14 bucks and watch it, and you'll see what I think coaches were looking at, and they're saying, I think we're going to stay away. Yeah, um, you're probably right, Sonny. And, and yeah, I mean, I know you've asked me multiple times, and I, I haven't watched it, uh, but uh, but it, I I really think that I guess if, if you really want to know what, what I guess happened with the breakup between Des Bryant and the Dallas Cowboys, I'm assuming that that, that Amazon special will tell you everything you want to know. You can see so. it right there. Yep. And um, it, it's interesting. It, it's interestingly enough, you know, the, the whole thing that this, this whole team is about is having the big name and the big, and most importantly, Cuervo, the big name show up and Dak Prescott, is definitely a leader without question. And you saw that in his first year and you saw it even in the second year when they weren't doing great, but he still played well. So you're looking at the whole Mm -hmm. thing and how that comes up. You got to like it, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to ignore what Des Bryant, you know, him getting released after seeing what you saw. It's no big surprise in reality. So if you do get the opportunity, get up there. But the Dallas Cowboys got other things to worry about. They need they need Sean Lee to be 100. percent They cannot go another year without Sean Lee being healthy and in the lineup. This guy, his anticipation on where the ball is going and what play is coming is so vital to that defense to where they can be ready for something. It's huge. So Sean Lee, you know, it's not going to be good enough for him to be a coach. He's got to be a coach out on the football field. That is the big thing, I think, when you look at this football team, uh, where it's at. And just another thing, keeping it Dallas Cowboys, Zeke Elliott's court battle, that's done. The Dallas Cowboys, I have Cuervo. I have, and oh, just I just did it again. I puked in my in my mouth. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning this division. 
So you do, you know, I do. I have the, I, and I can't stand this football team. But I'm going to tell you right now, if they can take all that crap away from it, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a very hard football team to beat. And I'll, a couple of reasons why. Up on top of it, Ezekiel Elliott. This guy wants the ball. This guy wants to prove that they should have been in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they would have won the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is a this is a guy that I think is huge for them. And you know, the Dallas Cowboys rallying behind Dak Prescott, and but they got a guy that everybody I think is really you know high up on Paxton Lynch. They really like this kid, and so they get one two punch at the quarterback position that they feel comfortable at. They have the running backs, and this team is going to win this division, Cuervo, without wide receivers. They're going to be a bunch of nobodies, and Lucky Whitehead was just released from the Jets, and that was the part you didn't hear I, I, I talked about really good. I was a former Dallas Cowboy, was um, was accused of something that it wasn't him. It was a mistake of identity, and the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to bring that guy back even though he isn't the best, at least he's a fan favorite too. So there's an opportunity to at least bring a name out there for the wide receivers in the Dallas Cowboys with Lucky Whitehead. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not a flashy name, but uh, I know I've heard that I heard that name a few times last year, kind of uh, picking up some of the slack for uh, when Des Bryant was injured and whatnot. So yeah, uh, don't they still? Don't you? Get, don't uh, Dallas still have Cole Beasley as well and Terrence Cole Williams? Be- or yep. They got Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams. These are, I don't think, are number ones. And they got a, 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 they got somebody in free agency. Mm-hmm. It's a name I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I, oh, I, you uh, know, Alan Hearns. Yeah, Alan Hearns. So you know, I, you know, th- these aren't your number ones. But if you get two number twos that can produce, and they got three guys that can step up to that number two, it might be enough within this division. Because I think 10-6 and six might win this division, Cuervo. I don't think any team is going to go off the wall. And that's mainly because you got the Philadelphia Eagles don't having, not having their guy start week number one. They're going to go with Foles. And I think Foles is a fluke. So, you know, that, that's where I'm at with that. So when you look at the Eagles, you know, we didn't get the opportunity to talk NFC East because we had already talked about it in pick. Have, has any of your ideas about the NFC um, the NFC um, East changed at all? No, not at all, Sonny. And a matter of fact, in case, uh, just so you know, um, I've written down our picks for the season. So if if you need to reference, uh, and if you maybe you forgot who you picked for a certain division, I have it all written down for you. Um, Good. So, but uh, I, I wrote you know, them no, down I, on the first, on the Facebook, so I won't be able to find them. So I'm glad you wrote them down. <laughs> No, I did. Uh, yeah, I, I my mine hasn't changed at all. Uh, I still have the Eagles winning the division, followed by Dallas, the Giants, and then I got the Redskins finishing last. So yeah, nothing has changed I, I, for me. Uh, even even with Carson Wentz not being able to start the beginning of the year, I still think the Eagles are are talented enough to to uh, be able to win football games with Nick Foles at quarterback and. You know, when Wentz comes back, it's just going to be that much better for them. Absolutely. So. And not only that, Foles don't have to do a lot uh, because you know what you get with Foles. So there's no great big secret about what's coming down down the pike. 
All right, yeah, he won the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody's falling falling for it. Let's let's just put it out that way. I don't think everybody's falling for what Nick Foles is all about. You know, he may have been the Super Bowl, you know, MVP and everything else, but no one's falling for the fact that he's the second coming at all. So that having been said, he's a great backup program. So all he has to do in reality, Cuervo, when, when you're Nick Foles and you are the leader of your team, you all you got to do is weather the storm until you get Wentz back. Now, what would be great for Wentz is as if they, they can get some wins. And they got the opportunity against Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, Tennessee. Okay, those are the first four games before they hit Minnesota and then the Giants, Carolina, and Jacksonville. So I think if they can get a, a, a good portion of those wins in the first four weeks, if they can go three and one in that first four, and that give uh, Goff plenty of time, that way if they do go uh, uh, three and two with the loss maybe against Carolina and or Jacksonville before the bye, okay, if they go six and two, maybe even five and three, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. That will all depend upon, though, how the Dallas Cowboys are doing at the same time, Cuervo. Um, The Dallas Cowboys uh, schedule, I think, lines up pretty well for them. And that was one of the reasons why I looked at, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. How are they going to do it? You know, I think they're going to get some big wins. I think if they get – if they can beat the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants, they have Seattle – Detroit, and maybe a, a test against Houston and Jacksonville, but then it's smooth sailing for him for the rest of the year until they get to those Philadelphia games in reality. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, sometimes, you know, teams just have to tread water in order to get yep. to the season. And, and then, you know, I think that's what you're alluding to is just, you know, being able to tread water until, you know, uh, you know, he gets back and whatnot. So, I, I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you can win a Super Bowl, then um, I think, you know, a couple of regular season games is probably nothing <laughs> in yeah. comparison. So, you know, it, it, I mean, I'm sure once the Eagles lose a game with Foles as quarterback, everybody's going to be, you know, flipping out. A and panic. Talking yeah. About, yeah, in a panic, like, oh, my God, they need Wentz back and, it's yeah. like, look, they're two and one. Okay. Like let's, let's, let's relax, calm down a little bit. Uh, but you know, you know how it is the beginning of the year, Sonny, people tend to overreact, you know, if, if, or heck, even if they lose that opening game against the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, imagine the next day, the storyline. Oh man. Uh, yep. you know, it, it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be chaos in the NFL. <laughs> At least for the next, you know, for those those next two days until you have games on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it, and that's next week. Uh, this week, not this week, but the week after is when we'll have the NFL. Wait, wait September a second. 6th. September 6th. So here I was thinking next week I, Next week was the NFL. It's actually the week after. Uh, it's college football that starts up this next week. So I get I, it I, is. I got that mixed up. And college football is a big, big time thing uh, going. And, and I'll have to admit, Cuervo, I don't know if I'm ready for it. And, and the main reason why is, is because there's lots of talk about a lot of things. But one good thing. 
that I got to put out there as far as college football, and it has to do with my teams. The expectations of the Michigan Wolverines aren't what they were last year. If you remember Cuervo, they had them popped up there big time. And I was like, there's no way. There's, there's no way. They're not ready for that. And so my question, Cuervo, uh, for the Big Ten, what's going on with the Michigan Wolverines? Mm-hmm. Are the Wolverines ready to make that next step? Um, because they actually put them down in the rankings. They had them number four last year, and if I'm not mistaken, they got them at around nine or ten right now, which I think is the right place for them to be if they can win football games and move up and and instead of starting off so high. Because last year, Cuervo, I thought it was a joke. I even laughed about it. I even posted about it. They weren't ready for the ranking that they got. Are they ready for around eight or nine where they're at right now? Honestly, Sonny, and, and, and I wish Tarvin was here because he'd probably yep. tell you the same thing. The answer is no. Uh, and, and the reason why is because, you know, the, the, the talent is, is not what everybody thinks it is up at Michigan. It's, it's the, the recruiting classes aren't there. Like, people are starting to wonder about Jim Harbaugh and whether – Absolutely. You know, really, I mean, how much longer is he going to be able to survive up there? Michigan so I don't I don't think uh, I don't think it's, it's going to be an effort for you unfortunately Sonny uh, and I, you probably don't want to hear this but I don't think it's going to be a good year for the big blue I really don't, I don't think it is uh, either I, the, I, wherever, the, I've their schedule is brutal yeah it is and and right now just so you know at the preseason poll they've got them ranked number tw- or 14 so they're ranked yeah. 14 right now so, um, that's Cuervo. Cuervo they start, they start off against Notre Dame. Cuervo, they start off against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame, I think, is twelve, if I'm not mistaken, twelve, thirteen, somewhere in that area. So, I, I, I think, yeah. So, so twelve. They're twelve in the AP and number eleven in the coaches' poll. Which the coaches' polls, whatever. Right now, when it's this early in the season, you go off the AP. Got and it. right now, Notre Dame is at 12. Got it. So they got them. They get a little break with Western Michigan, but they're no slouch just by the way. So, you know, if you don't bring your A game, although West Michigan's going into the big house, that might be the problem in reality. Same thing with SMU, but then they get Nebraska, Northwestern, and Maryland, I don't think are a slouch. I think, they're, I think Maryland's going to be a very good football team. Then Wisconsin – then Michigan State, Penn State, Rutgers, eh, you might walk on that. Indiana, they'll win that one. But by the time that it gets down to the last game of the season, you know, on the 21st of November, um, Michigan taking on Ohio State, there, there won't be anything to be playing for in reality. Hell, they, you know, the only thing they might be playing for is pride, even though, you know, with the whole thing that's going on, which leads me to Urban Meyer, you know, right now, Ohio State is five in the AP. So, Cuervo, the Urban Meyer story is a big one. Obviously, we haven't had time to talk about this story and whether or not it should be where it is. I'm going to put it out there really quick, and this is being an idiot. This is, this is a, this is a crazy uh, Sonny Clark thing. I, 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 and, and I'm going to say something that I know is so unpolitical that's unbelievable. I don't know why we're losing sleep over this. 
And, and I'll, I'll just put it this way is more, this is more about political correctness than it is about football. And, and, and I'm not saying that what happened to that young lady is horrible I, it, because it is. And I, and I know that these coaches need to be held accountable. And I know that they should be looking out. But really, in reality, Cuervo, you got a woman that stayed in a bad relationship. And I'll, I'll put that out there. First of all, she should have left after the first hand hit her face or hit whatever portion of her body is. So I want to put some responsibility on the person that, that got, got beat up one time. But I have a hard time, and especially in today's day and age, Cuervo, okay, where a woman stays for two, three, or four. And if they stay for two, three, or four, I'm not saying that they deserve it, but it, should it be any shock that it happened the second time? And if they stay up there a second time, then they're really nuts, Cuervo. Now, how much that falls up under Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer did exactly what he was supposed to do. He reported it. Good, bad, or indifferent is what it is, and I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, you know, this whole thing, the three-game suspension and everything else, I think this is a non-issue for Ohio State. I really do. I think they just had to do something politically and do it and get it out there, but I don't think I don't think I don't think Urban Meyer was even close to losing his job. Now the fact that he put in the fact that he did report it, Ohio State can't let that guy go if he did that, Cuervo. If that's actually true and he did report it and he just lied to reporters, okay. No one cares the fact that he lied to reporters. That that's number one. That's done, and he's protecting his his university at that time, knowing what he did. But Cuervo, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might be I might be in the uh, minority here. I don't think Ohio State even cares about this situation. They're just under a lot of pressure because it's such a uh, it, it's such a heavy uh, heavy subject that they don't have any choice but address it. No, you're right. I mean, they probably don't. Uh, well, let me first off. I I don't know who's losing sleep over it, but it's not me. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Let me. I, I'll just throw that out there because, you know, if you've listened to Tarvin's show, uh, Weigh In Sports, for those who uh, are interested in getting some good college football talk, that's where you want to be. You want to be with Brian Tarvin, Weigh In Sports. Sunday night, baby. Irvine, I hope he's on tonight. I hope he's on tonight. I hope yeah, me too. I, I, I'm going to have some time, and I definitely – I haven't called on, on, on his show in forever. So I, I owe him a visit to uh, to the show. But, you know, look, Urban Meyer's a snake in the grass, okay? that That's that's the exact term that Brian and I use about, about him. And, and this goes back to his days at Florida, okay? Think about it. Look at the, look at the guys that he recruited and all the troublemakers that that he recruited. Everybody from Cam Newton to uh, Janoris Jenkins, who now plays for the uh, for the uh, now he's a giant, but that whole situation with him. Oh, and by the way, and, and not to speak ill of the dead, but Aaron Hernandez. Okay, that's just three examples of guys that that actually were a part of the Florida Gator football team when Urban Meyer was 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 the head coach, and that's just three guys. There's other ones too. All right, but we don't have enough time to talk about all that. Look, point right. point is, Urban Meyer has been known to be a guy that 
hides things or kind of tries to sweep things under the rug. This, this to me, is just another example of something that he tried to cover up. How it got leaked out, I don't know the details of it, uh, but do I think he knew about it prior to all of this information being leaked out and, and then him claiming that he did report it? Look, no matter what is said, I just think Urban Meyer is a straight-up liar. He is oh, yeah. an absolute snake in the grass. Do I think he should lose his job over it? Maybe. Is he going to lose his job or whatever? Absolutely not. You know why? Because he's got Ohio State in the top five every single year. That's the only it's all reason about why he's the not wins, lose his baby. job. That's it. That's it. Wins, championships, equals revenue for universities. So Abs- he's yep. going to keep his job. He's gonna keep, it question. must be the money, right? Must hey, be question. the money. Exactly. I, I, was, I was getting ready to hit, hit that, that one, but – but but, but here's the thing, Cuervo, before I hit that button, he was he had no chance to hear this. It's like it was an ESPN report that your radio oh, went out. Oh, God, it's not the right one. I, I changed it. But, yes, it is about the money, and, and that, that's what it is. I, was, I, was, I, thought, I thought I had a you're fired uh, soundbite in reality, but the fact of the matter is we talk about it on the show, and it'll always be... It's about the money, without question, Cuervo. I thought I had your fired on, on underneath the fired spot, but I didn't. But it is. It, it, it's about the money. It'll always be about the money. And not only that, Cuervo, they couldn't afford to get rid because both of these teams I th- don't think are going to be there towards the end. I think there's going there's too much right now that are going on, and I don't think the concentration is going to be there enough to where they'll be fighting for a national championship or to make the playoffs. But that last game against Michigan, it, you, can, you can have the worst season in the world. It's going to be about Michigan, Oregon, uh, Michigan and Ohio State at the end of the year like it always is, Cuervo. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's going to be a slugfest. I mean, don't get me wrong. But yep. depending on the, uh, where they're at, look, you were talking about Michigan a little while ago. That three-game stretch against was who did you say it was Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Penn State? I think it was. Yeah, they got. Yeah, so, um, I lost it. I, those, I just I closed down the window, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah here it is. Got it. The right there. Yeah, the Go the ahead. Michigan. Yeah, the Michigan. Here it is. I, I hit one more button. It'll come back to me. Yeah, they start Notre Dame. Then and then they have West Michigan, Western Michigan, SMU, but then Nebraska, Northwestern, Maryland, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. They get the break with Rutgers and Indiana, but ending with Ohio State. They're gonna they're gonna lose four games this year, Cuervo. I believe it. Well, and those are the four games that I'm worried about. It's obviously the opener against Notre Dame, but then from there. I'm not worried about Nebraska. I'm not worried about uh, uh, the other teams, Maryland and all those guys. I think Michigan will beat those teams. But when it comes to Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan State, that three-game stretch right there, if they can survive that, then – which they probably won't. But if, if somehow they can, and let's say they sweep it and they win all those games, I think Michigan could very well find themselves in a situation where – uh, uh, you know, between them and Ohio State, whoever wins that game gets a spot in, uh, you know, a Big Ten championship. And not only that, but I think 
I think that the winner of that game could go on to be uh, – uh, will would win the Big Ten championship and, and get themselves in the playoff. So Michigan's going to be Michigan. Michigan is, Cuervo. They're going to be they're going to be Michigan. They're going to lose to a stupid team like SMU or Northwestern or something like that. A game that they shouldn't lose, and they will lose those games. That's what they do. I believe me. I've been following this team since I was a little. They, that's what they do. They lose games that they shouldn't, and that's the reason why they're fighting towards the end to me be relevant towards either a the playoffs or whether or not they have an opportunity to win the national championship. It, it, it's atypical Michigan for the last twenty years and. Ohio State's been making them look stupid for years. Now, that being said, Quirv, of course, that's the name of the show. Let me bring in Todd from Atlanta. Todd, you wanted to hop on. He came back because we were so busy in the first. Uh, we're bringing him in on the second part since we have time. Todd, what do you got going on, man? Yeah, this is Naj in Atlanta. Yeah, I just wanted to get in on the, the Urban Meyer situation. Uh, I, I think sometimes we get confused and call political correctness actionable things when political correctness is about what you say, what words you use, conversation. It's not about action. So with this Urban Meyer thing, it's not a PC thing. It's an institutional protect yourself thing. So with what just happened at Michigan State and what happened at Penn State, they had to do their due diligence to make sure this couldn't come back to bite them in the end. The problem with Urban is when you're the highest paid public official in a state, it's a lot more required of you than, well, I passed it up the chain. Like, no, this is somebody who you have a relationship with, you directly know, who's influencing young men. So the alums who got, kind of got the knives out for him, of course, they were going to come and point to the morality, you know, issues in the, in the contract before they got him there. And now he knows which alums are not on his side and which alums will fight for him. So, you know, that, that battle is already over. But no matter yes. what, it always comes Good down point. to the big money. Yeah, the big money donors. And what they're willing to live with, and what they're not willing to live with, because they pay the buyouts, they put up the money for the next coach. They're the ones who make it happen. And Ohio State is a university that will run you, no matter how legendary you are, as we've seen the past couple of coaches they've had. So this could have been Urban's last last shot, man. And honestly, going forward, if we think we're gonna have an Urban Meyer regime. With no scandal going forward, no. Something smaller is now going to bring him down in the next few years, and we'll see him do the same song and dance again somewhere else. But, I mean, this is what it is. Let me ask you this. You made a very valid point, but now this is such a huge issue, and it's a huge issue because it's a social issue. And the responsibility of football players and football teams and football coaches and, and everything else. And I honestly believe that, Actions are politically correct uh, that way. But to your point, do you honest? I mean, this one here is about women. And if you want to bring anybody down, whether it's the NFL or college football or whatever the case may be, and include a woman getting shafted somehow. In this case, that happened. But guess what? The walls didn't come crumbling down. I think it's got to be another major one because if it's minor, he got through the big one that obviously we already agreed upon in reality. And, you know, it's about the money. Um, I, I think if he gets a small one, not I think he's still going to be okay. I think it's got to be major before, and I think if proved it, it's got to be at least major than a woman getting beat before he walks out that door. Well, well I'll, I'll explain it in the Tiger Woods story. Whenever you have journalists come to your situation and start looking around, typically what they're looking for 
is not what they find. They find all the other smaller infractions and other things that nobody knew about. Good so once point. you get that radar on you, this is how you go down. So, okay, he got past this one, but now that they keep looking around, do you think Urban Meyer's running a very clean program of moral young men with nothing bad going on? I highly doubt it. So as people try, try to make their name and keep looking around, they're going to find stuff and it's going to get bad. That, that's what I'm saying. This is like, like we see right now on the big stage where a simple uh, investigation about, you know, taxes, investigation about somebody moving money around turns into all kind of criminal stuff because that's yeah. how investigative journalism works, man. So uh, I, I, I'm guessing uh, Urban won't be much longer out there. Yeah, Cuervo, he's made some huge points there, and that was a good three, three, four minutes. That was awesome. Take and listen to what he said, Cuervo. What, where, where are you on that? I think he's, I think he's dead on. But I think it's got. If, if Urban Meyer's not going to get pushed out because of this, I think it's got to be something major, not small. What do you think? Well, I mean, it, it could be something major, or it could be to. I think you said your name was Naj. Is that right, boss? Is that your your which your name? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, I, I think I think the point that he's making is like, look, Sonny, it it could be a big thing, or it could be a lot of little things. Because when you do what's called peeling the onion back, you start asking more questions, and then you start discovering more things. And I think I think that's what could take him down as well. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big thing, but if they continue to find out small thing here, small thing when he was at Florida, or multiple small things at Florida, things that happened when, when he was, uh, when he first got to Ohio State. Hell, they could even go back to when he was coaching with Alex Smith, was his quarterback at University of Utah. So, I mean, they can go back as far as they want to. And if they start seeing a pattern of history, and, okay, he did the same thing here, he did the same thing at Florida, he did the same thing at Ohio State. Well, now you know what kind of coach that you're dealing with, you know what kind of person you're dealing with. So um, that, it, it is a very good point. You know, he also brought up about, um, I don't know if you were getting that, like with the boosters and whatnot and, and, and you know, who, who donates, quote, unquote, the most uh, revenue and money to the universities and stuff like that. And, you know, you're talking about what they can get over. You know, what, what are the boundaries that you have as head coach? Look, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, any type of, of misconduct towards a, a female, that's, that's a, that's a big-time fire that you're playing with. And, and, and I think, you know, for Ohio State's sake, man, they, they've, they've got a choice to make, Sonny. You know, do they, do they continue to, to reel in the money and keep him at Ohio State? and have the reputation you have, or do you risk all that? And at the cost of, look, you're not going to be a top five team in the country anymore. You're not going to be a national championship contender anymore, but you, you know, you may, you may have a more honest coach in the future and, and we'll do things the right way. So it, it's, it, it is definitely a, a, a moral decision or ethical decision that, this, the university is going to have to make. Absolutely. And, and Cuervo, I'm going to tell you, though, I, you know, and maybe it's me, and maybe I'm a pessimist. If this guy even comes close to sniffing the national championship, it's going to win out, man. I'm telling you. 
I am telling you, if a woman can't take him down, little petty little things are not. I, and that's just me. I, you know, I might be out in left field on this, but not. I, I don't know. what. You know, when you see if this guy is able to win the national championship this next year after being out the three games he suspended, I, I, I don't know what's going to be able to get this guy out the door over there in Ohio State or obviously if they want him to go. Yeah, I don't think they want him to go. Like I said, I just think this is something to where it becomes he's not worth uh, the baggage that he brings after a while. Like, we, we get it confused. This is still the Ohio State University. They'll Absolutely. not only win after he's gone, but they'll have other great coaches after he's gone. He's just one of the many great coaches that they've ever had. So it's not a thing of where they're Louisville to where they got to hang on to everything and try to, you know, no matter what, keep the guy on. This is still Ohio State. They still got money to spend and there'll be somebody out there qualified to take it. Absolutely. But until there's a reason to let him go, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think it's got to be major. But, I, I mean, obviously I've been really good at predicting college football stuff, so what the hell do I know? So, But I love the Ohio State-Michigan game at the end of the year. It's always for pride, you know, at least that much for one of the teams, and the other team might be going. It's going to be interesting. Now, with that being said, of course, that's the name of the show, as we are in overtime. You were actually calling in about the Pittsburgh Steelers, if I'm not mistaken, in the first hour. Let's hop back to that, and let's go to your thinking about that. Do you remember what your points were regarding that whole situation regarding Le'Veon Bell? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. And, and just to put a capper on that Michigan-Ohio State, uh, that could be the don't fire me bowl uh, between yeah, yeah, those two point. because good things point. aren't so sweet for Harbaugh out there either. At this point, the honeymoon is kind of over. Uh, but as far as Le'Veon Bell, man, yes, he's one of the greatest players we've ever seen as far as that running back in this era. Uh, he's worth the money. But Pittsburgh has a whole different mentality when it comes to running back. I agree. They feel like at a certain amount of carries, you are not worth the money that, that, that he's asking for. So he's going to get it elsewhere. And, you know, the perfect, the perfect uh, situation to explain this is Todd Gurley gets the money early. Why? Because they want to pay him now. Uh, before he comes to, to, to real market value, uh, while he doesn't have the heavy uh, workload on him. But Le'Veon, the Pittsburgh Steelers are like, look, it's better off to lose Le'Veon and try to find another back going forward than it is to pay him after we know we've given him 300-plus carries, 80-plus catches per year. It's a lot of wear and tear on your body. So this is just a positional thing. It's definitely, like, definitely not personal. But uh, I think they're making a mistake myself because I think you keep somebody like Le'Veon. And, hey, man, you can always cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Absolutely. I, I say give them the money. But that, that's going to take a dedication. And Pittsburgh Steelers don't want to feel obligated or have that dedication unless they in full trust. And that tells you also something. This team does not trust him or they give him the money. I mean, if this was Ben Roethlisberger five years ago, they'd break the freaking bank. And and Ben Roethlisberger had problems off of him. So they, they don't feel comfortable with Le'Veon Bell. And that's the reason why they haven't signed him. But when you talk about the other guy, you talk about Gurley. I mean, if you're Aaron Donald right now, and that whole situation, Cuervo, is a big story too. Aaron Donald not getting the money unless I've hurt, unless I've missed it because I've been very busy this last week. Aaron Donald don't have a new, new contract. And that's the guy you should be giving the money to right now because you had Gurley for two 
more years under contract and then two more years on franchise tags. So they didn't really need to address the girly thing for at least three years or at least two years, uh, but they could have went four. Cuervo, Aaron Donald not being um, all set. I don't know. Have they solved that problem there or are they still trying to get a contract for him? No, um, to my knowledge, no. Nothing has happened with uh, Aaron Donald, Sonny. So that's still that's still a, a stalemate situation with the L.A. Rams. And you know, yeah, I mean, you're talking about uh, you know multiple. I think he's won it multiple times now, Defensive Player of the Year. And, and but yet you gave it to you gave money to a guy that you know was what runner up for the MVP uh, this yep. year to Tom Brady. So. I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess that kind of shows you where the where the uh, the priorities lie within the L.A. Rams, and that's offense. I mean, they're all about their offense right now. Well, and, yep. and I know they signed multiple guys in the offseason. They traded for Marcus Peters and and signed Sue and all these guys. And but the, but the fact of the matter is, like, I think it's just it's just the way that they're going to go about trying to make a run at. Uh, you know, getting to the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, but, you know, but, but I think it's, part it's of the misplaced future. priorities, though. Yeah, it's misplaced priorities. You don't go pay two corners and not play to pay the D lineman. The D lineman, him and Sue, actually make uh, corners less valuable. So the idea that you would give the money there, uh, you bring in another wide mm-hmm. out for some reason when the cupboard is already full, but you still haven't addressed Aaron Donald. This is actually how you ruin team chemistry and ruin uh, locker rooms because the respect Good that point. that dude has in that locker room, you're putting a situation to where it's like, okay, if I do everything I'm supposed to do and I'm still young and I'm the franchise guy and I'm still not getting paid, okay, how does it work for the other guys coming up? So this is this is kind of dicey, man. I don't, I don't get it. I think – I, I don't – and I'm I'm full agreement with you. The fact that Eric Donald is under a new contract. Now, granted, they're fighting for the contract right now. It's rumored to be around $22 million. Um, You know, how do you not pay that guy? I mean, in reality, because they are loaded offensively. I completely agree with you 100%. They were loaded with, with Todd Gurley under the same contract. And, frankly, Gurley wasn't even asking for this. And that's where the mistake was made. Gurley wasn't asking for this. It wasn't even a thought in reality. If it was, he'd be nuts. Um, This came way out of left field in reality to re-sign Gurley now. I get the reasoning behind it because you want the best out you can with your running back at right now in this prime, without question. But frankly, that way you don't have to, you know, end up paying him for what he did the couple of years before that. And then you look stupid if he can't play, I'd much rather do that and get a solid guy. The fact they don't have Aaron Donald on under contract under the new set right now. Hey, Aaron Donald will sit out. He, I, I don't think he cares. I, and, and Cuervo, I don't think money is an issue with Aaron Donald right now. Yeah, and it's not well, girlie's no. money. It's the other guy's money. Like the girly re up wasn't a problem. It's the Marcus Peters, and the uh, wide receiver you just traded for from the Pats, it, it, it's that money. That That's where his money is. So, I mean, it, this is like Dirk Nowitzki when he used to do all those pay cuts and then watch Cuban pay all these guys who wasn't going to make him win. So I, I don't know, man. I, 
I, I think I no, I think if it's Donald, I think he's more upset about the girly situation. This guy wasn't set to even be looked at for two years, Cuervo. And the fact that they looked at him and not only that, paid an astronomical amount of, on it. And this guy is sitting here, he's been a stud for three years. I, I get where Aaron, Aaron Donald I think he's probably I mean this is personal, yeah, it was a difference of opinion, which is minor, but I think he's more pissed off probably more about the Todd Gurley situation than the other situation because they're just bringing guys on the team. We're talking about a guy who's not even due for a race for two years. No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I mean you, can, you can look at it either way, though. Uh, the point is they should have committed this money to a guy that has, you know, shown that he's the, the best defensive player in the game, and, and, yep. and the hardware proves it. You know, defensive player of the year, like that, that to me, if, if I'm a GM, that's like automatic. Like I'm, I'm thinking, we need a lot. We need to lock you up if you're going to continue to produce at this level. Like I'm, there's no way you let a guy like that it, let let him go, let alone uh, uh, hold out. There, you should be taking care of those type of guys. And, and I think I think the Rams really swung and miss on that one because uh, you know now now even even if they just you know they sit down with him and a deal gets done, Aaron Donald. Has he has a bad taste in in the in their in his mouth about the Rams? No matter what happens from here on out, even if he gets the deal that he wants, it's still gonna leave it's leaving a bad taste in his mouth about yep. the L.A. Rams organization. So, and, and I'll tell you, when when stuff like that happens, you know, it, it, more times than not, the, those type of guys they move on and they go to other teams. And that yeah. is the reason why I have the Rams where I have them in that division. I don't trust it. They got a lot of guys, but they, you know, having an unhappy Aaron Donald is not, not the way you move forward your, your franchise. Hey, not do you want to hang on? We're going to take a quick break here. You want to hang on and, uh, and yeah, yeah, continue cool. with more talk? Yeah, that's cool. Okay, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. I do have sponsors that uh, pay for this time whenever we're on air, so we're going to do that. We're going to go to our break. When we come back, we're going to talk more NFL, more things that are going on. Cuervo, can you hang on? Or you got more time to move uh, to another hour? I do. I do, Sonny. Okay. Let's do it. We'll do that. Let's do this. We're on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're on overtime. Hey, three hours just isn't enough, baby. And, and we, we, hey, no wife around to complain about it, so why not do it? We'll do that. We'll take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. 
Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? and take it for a ride, check out Coslo Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Coslo Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance funds. Or check us out on the web at coslowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting located in Rowlett. Did you know that Perfection Body Sculpting doesn't just offer laser lipo and radio frequency for body contouring? We also offer cellulite reduction and skin tightening, as well as thermal lift and cosmetic and collagen facial creams, as well as top-of-the-line facial masks to help reduce fine wrinkles. There are also gift certificates as well as gift baskets with awesome products in it. Call today for your appointment and get three 24-gold facial masks with the purchase of a $69 consultation that includes a 30-minute laser lipo session. So contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionbodysculpt.com. And welcome back into the College Potato Sports Show. It's overtime on that being said. I'm Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with Cuervo. And we got Naj online giving us a listen here on the Couch Potato Sports Show on a Sunday morning. Lots of good stuff that we're going to talk about. Lots of news that are going on. Aaron Donald is a big story in L.A. This one is going to have to get figured out before there are problems later on down the road. We'll see how that works out, see if there's a breakup factor. You know, even though you're together, but you're kind of breaking up. We'll see if that affects that football team. Jacksonville Jaguars lose Marquise Lee. He's going to be out at least six, eight weeks. That's going to be big. They already got a quarterback problem, uh, Maj, so I'll jump to you. Jaguars are my team. I don't trust them, and the main reason they did not 
upgrade at the quarterback position, which is what that football team needed. With the defense that they got, they could be that much better. But with the defense that they got, we'll put them in a position that they can win football games. But I think the Jaguars will lose some games that they probably should win if they had that adequate enough quarterback. Yeah, I think everybody's in agreement on this. I think they're the only ones who who feel like they can just keep rolling with Blake and hope he develops a little more. I think he is what he is at this point. It it made more sense to trade for Teddy. Uh, To me, uh, bring Teddy in. Thank you. Oh, my God, I said this two months ago, Nosh. Thank you for – oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you you bring him in as kind of your emergency quarterback. If things don't go well with Blake, you can always turn to Teddy, but you give Blake the shot. I don't think he's earned the idea of no competition, you know, at his position. I think they're they're going about that the wrong way. And we saw in the AFC Championship game to where they just plain didn't believe in him to the point of where they lost the game because they wouldn't take risks with him. Uh, the Marquise Lee thing is, is terrible. Luckily for yep. them, they've done a really good job at drafting as far as for wide receivers. So Keelan Cole and Westbrook and uh, the rookie, I can't think of his name, who looks pretty good. Uh, I think they can survive the Marquise Lee situation because I, I don't think he's a legit number one. But, you know, you're, you're pushing the young boys in a little quicker than what you wanted to, kind of speeding up that process. But, yeah, I, I think Blake hurts way more than the Marquise Lee situation. Hey, Cuervo, uh, before we switch on, I want to go back to Foles as the Foles lose to the Browns. By the way, five to nothing. I mean, I mean – Five to nothing. Now, now we're not talking Major League Baseball here. We are talking NFL football, and they, the Browns beat the Eagles, you know, five to nothing. I mean, so I guess I've got to ask the main question about that whole situation as far as the quarterback. Is, can we talk five to nothing, Cuervo? And yeah, I thought Cuervo. that was an interesting uh, – yeah, that was interesting to me too because I'm like – are we sure this is an Eagles-Browns game and it's not, you know, Indians versus uh, Phillies? Exactly. You know, like you said, you know, it's, it's like a baseball score. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, I mean, come on, Sonny. Reality is that the preseason is not about winning and losing games. It's about, you know, trying to find the best 53-man roster for your football team. Yeah, but, so. but five to nothing, Cuervo. I mean, it, it, I mean it, it was it, weird. Trust me. I admit, it was weird to see them like five nothing. But, you know, I mean, it was just a you know, Coaches have got to be losing their like, mind, don't you think? I mean, Cuervo, coaches, especially offensive coaches, let's put it that way. Offensive coaches well, have got to be losing their mind right now. Well, and, and I and I would say, yeah, maybe because of the fact that that was supposed to be the dress, dress rehearsal game. And, you know, and that's another thing. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get I, – I, I'm getting a little frustrated uh, with how teams are approaching their – third preseason game which is supposed to be a dress rehearsal like when you when you decide you're going to sit out your main stars like that's why would you do that you know is my is my question i get the whole like you know you don't want to risk injuring you know getting guys injured and whatnot but the third game is designed to be your dress rehearsal prior to the regular season and teams just have gotten away it's kind of like you know when uh uh you know guys with the pro bowl thing you know, it's it's supposed to be a, a privilege uh, to to be selected for the Pro Bowl, and then all these guys decide that they're going to sit out because they just simply don't feel like going to it, or they don't want to play in it, or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I to me, I think it's I think that's aggravating, and 
I, I don't think it's I don't I don't understand why coaches are doing that and they're sitting their main guys out for the most important preseason game. You don't even know yeah, what but, you have if you're a head coach. Yeah. And that and that by the way, and the, that the fourth game is really just to fill up the rest of your roster and make sure you make the right decision. But Naj, yeah, I mean exactly. you, you're looking yeah, you, Naj, you're looking at you're looking at a team. I mean, McVeigh says straight out he's not going to put in Gurley or Goff. Uh, they're going to hold them out. I mean, so yeah, he, they say might. If they say might, that means they're not going to play. Um, good, bad, or indifference for the Rams. What do you think, Naj? Well, I, I think this is like the San Antonio Spurs, to where they started. They getting an advantage by resting their players, and then the rest of the league follows suit. So. What advantage are you getting by playing guys in preseason and risking them getting hurt? What advantage do you have by showing some of the teams that you want to surprise somebody with in week one? So I think everybody's doing the math on that and saying, we're just going to put out a bad product, play really vanilla, and save whatever we got uh, for week one. Remember last year, Tariq Cohen in week one when he surprised the Falcons? I think most teams are looking at players that way and also schemes that way. And then when somebody gets hurt in the first quarter, I think coaches really tighten up and, and really uh, decide they're not going to do much but go, you know, go through the motions, make sure everybody knows where to line up, knows how to run the plays. And beyond that, man, they just want to get to the, the next week. So, I mean, yeah, we got a bad preseason product, man, and that, that needs to be evaluated because we're paying full I- price for it. Yep, and and, but, and that it, we talked about it. That that game isn't going to go away. That's money, so it, it's not what's going to be going on. But uh, it, it is. And Cuervo, I muted you and I brought you back in to give you uh, whatever you're doing. It's a little background noise there, so um, I muted you. So if you put yourself on mute, don't forget to bring yourself back in. Now that having been said, lots of things that are happening in the NFL. There's uh, and getting back local, especially with my locals. Uh, we're talking about a situation that could be a problem. And we talked about the, obviously the most important position being the quarterback position. And we talk about it all day long on this show. Second, most important position is your offensive line. You've got to protect that guy. That's going to be, uh, get yourself uh, set. Travis Frederick. I'm going to say right now, this is, I don't know, maybe it's me, but you know, I see him setting up for excuse, uh, excuses set. But Travis Frederick said on Wednesday he's been diagnosed with a rare neurology uh, uh, disorder causing weakness on various body parts. Body. So the four-time pro bowler right now is not sure when he's going to be back. And I did not know this when I was making it. I just read this um, when we went to break to start the overtime. He says that he's optimistic, but Cuervo, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a pessimist, but, man, this is a pretty good excuse for you not to get out of the shoot really quick if you're the Dallas Cowboys, if you're missing a guy like uh, Travis Frederick. Yeah, you know, Sonny, and and we didn't cover the NFC East. I guess that's why that kind of – I didn't mention that one. But, yeah, I heard about that a couple of days ago. It came – I think the news came out on – it was Wednesday or Thursday – so it's it's an autoimmune disease that he has. Uh, Thank you. And and you know you mentioned the name of it, and it, it's it's really unfortunate because um, you know I mean first of all I mean that nobody should have to go through that, but um, you know he's he's a big time uh, you know part of that Dallas Cowboy football team. But 
But that, that doesn't even matter. Even, even if it was the 53rd guy on the roster, like, you just – you don't wish that on anybody. But, um, you know, it's it, – it, I don't – honestly, my initial reaction was that you're probably – he's probably not going to play again. Like, his career is, is probably done because that's what players do now. That, and, and, and they should, you know. Your overall yep. health as a human being is way more important than – you know, playing the game that you that you uh, uh, that you you know go out there and you risk your your body for. So, you know, I, I think that's probably what he's evaluating right now is like, is the risk worth uh, going out there to play? And if 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 he feels like it's not, then Travis Frederick is probably not never going to play football again. And the Dallas Cowboys have to be ready for that. I agree with you, Cuervo, and and if I'm not mistaken regarding uh, Travis Frederick, I mean he he, this guy is the anchor in reality. You got a lot of you got Tyron Smith on the other side. You got a couple of, yeah, he is your captain on that offensive line. Now here's the thing about this though: he signed a six-year, fifty-six million dollar contract, including a three-point-two million dollar signing bonus. So that is the big story in reality where it is what you talked about. Is it worth the money? Is it worth the risk? And Nash, I, you know, I don't know. Is it worth the money? Is it worth the risk? What do you think? Uh, no, honestly not, because the money is going to be spent on your health care uh, later on in life. And <laughs> if you know anything about surgeries and quality of life injuries that you have to live with, it's really going to cost you, but no matter what, that's up to that person. If they're willing to take the risk, you know, they're free to do so. Uh, but with the Cowboys, this, this hits at the, the major component. If you're going to build a running team in 2018, you have to have premier offensive linemen that you're going to have Absolutely. to pay. Now, if one of them goes down, okay, you just lost the schematic advantage you had. So what do you do now? So that, that's an issue. That is. It's a big issue, and especially I hear from my Lokes, my LOCs, that, that you're going to have to keep a deep eye out on because of the what the Dallas Cowboys want to do is they, they want to run the football, and they, are, and they have been telling everybody they're going to run the football. And by necessity, they're going to have to run the football because their, their wide receiver core is a bunch of second, maybe third. So they're out of necessity. You're going to have to run the football. So a combination of a lot of things, they need Travis. Fred. I hope he's okay. You want to talk, first of all, he's a stud. Second of all, I've talked to him. This guy is the nicest guy that you'll ever meet. And like Cuervo said, wouldn't want to wish that upon anybody concerned. So hopefully he'll be back more news in the NFL. And we broke it. Uh, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, as so much so, uh, we put a Ted Koppel up on top of it, and that, you know, we'll do it again. You know, bringing Adam Pacman Jones on the defensive side for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos right now, they're in a lot of trouble because, you know, when I looked at that division of football, it's one of the toughest ones. The AFC West is tough, tough, tough. And a lot of losses, and I'm going to throw this to Naj in reality, um, just to let, you know, see what his opinion on it. They bring in Adam Pacman Jones. I think that can help, but I think that the I think the Denver Broncos are in a lot of trouble. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know if anybody's talking about it. I think John Elway might be getting a little heat on his ass because I think he's on the hot seat a little bit right now because of where they are as a franchise. What do you think there, Naj? 
Yeah, well, they're going to give John Elway enough rope to hang himself and make some more mistakes before they decide to I run agree. him. So they'll allow him to, to try and fix it. But he's made some major, major mistakes at, at premium uh, positions. So the quarterback situation, which he's trying to solve with Case Keenum, maybe that works out because of the quality of their receivers. But defensively, yeah, Adam Jones can still play a little bit. And there, where he's not going to be asked to be a shutdown corner with that pass rush they have, uh, yeah, Adam Jones, that's a quality signing. But, you know, the, the issue still remains. Quarterback, uh, does the rookie running back uh, come through? We'll have to see. Still got a question at tight end. Maybe Jake Butt or, or one of those guys can solve it. But, yeah, they, they got a lot of issues on offense. And Elway has kind of, you know, presented himself as an offensive mind and a quarterback guy, but it just hasn't been the case so far. Definitely. So, uh, something to look out for. I think, you know, the Denver Broncos, you know, I've been, I've been watching this as far as what they've been doing, and you're right. I think they've missed out on some – I think they had some good good signings, don't get me wrong, but you're also realizing you get the Peyton Mannings, you get the DeMarcus Wares. You, you're talking about guys on the end of their career not going to hang out long enough, and you're not getting the replacement after it. And I think that's where he is really failing in reality, where was not being able to find the quarterback to back up uh, Peyton Manning after he's done. And a DeMarcus Ware. Now, granted, they got some players on the defensive side of the ball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blind. I know what's there. But you still have to rem- you still have to replace the DeMarcus Ware and the impact that that guy has upon a defense, Cuervo. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, he may not he may not have gotten drafted as a linebacker or he may not play the linebacker position, but I think that's why they went up and they got Bradley Chubb out of uh, uh, NC State, you know, to try and yep. find a guy uh, to pair up with Von Miller and, and, you know, be an extra guy to bring some, bring some big-time pressure. And, you know, he's, he's shown signs of that so far in the preseason. I mean, he's not, he's not you know, blowing the doors off by any means, but – but I think he's done enough so far to show that he's got the potential to be a premier uh, pass rusher in the game. And so I think Denver, you know, while, while I think they probably could have used uh, something, you know, more at a different position, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb may not, you know, be a, a bad pick either. So uh, yeah. that, that's, that's my thought on that. Big stuff. We're here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We are in overtime as we're going to roll on. I, I'm going to, I want to, we talked a little bit about Michigan Cuervo. So I'm gonna, let's hop back a little bit into college football. I want to go to, uh, you know, a situation regarding Brian Kelly uh, as far as what's going on. I watched a video earlier this morning about being an elite coach. My question, Cuervo, first of all, is Brian Kelly an elite coach? And if he is, what does he have to do to prove it? Because right now he's being questioned if he is the elite uh, uh, head coach in reality in college football. Is he good? Yes. Uh, Is he elite? I would probably say the answer to that is no. Uh, and, And I say that just because, you know, I mean, reality of it is he hasn't gotten Notre Dame anywhere near contention for the national championship yet so uh and and i get it they're not even in one of the power five conferences but at the same time i mean i I don't think that's really a reason why you can sit here and say that well that's this is why notre dame hasn't 
contended yet. Uh, you know, if if he was an elite coach, I think it would have already happened because um, he's been there. I want to say for about ten years now, if I if I remember correctly, uh, and. I think the best that Notre Dame has ever finished was what number eight or nine in, in the final polls of, of the college football season. So, yep. To me, I, I, that's. I mean, I don't know. To me, I, it's, it's very good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, he's not. He's not a Dabo Sweeney or or a uh, you know an Urban Meyer. As much as you know, whatever you want to think about Urban Meyer. He's just not – he's not one of those type of guys. I'm not even going to talk – Nick Saban's on a whole other level, so I'm not even going to mention Nick Saban, but you get my point. Oh, get definitely get the point. And, and Naj, I don't know how much you're in college football. I'll swing it your way. What do you think, or do you have an opinion? Because you may – sometimes when it comes to college football, I don't have a clue. that My co-host is the guy at college football and stuff, too. No, no, I think you guys are hitting the right points on Brian Kelly. Uh, the excuse that you're not a part of a Power Five conference, like, no, you're Notre Dame. You actually got an advantage over everybody else because you I can agree. switch in when you don't belong, like we saw in that title game a few years ago that he was a part of when they got boat racing. Uh, he's developing NFL prospects. Uh, they usually score points. So, you know, he's bringing in guys and he does develop them, so he does have that skill. But I think the CEO part of coaching – is something Brian Kelly wasn't ready for at Notre Dame. We see him, uh, you know, make mistakes in pressers. We see him have the wrong temperament sometimes where reporters know they can get to him with a certain question. Uh, we've seen him try to blame players after games instead of taking accountability. So I, I just think this the, the job is just overall too big for that dude, man, and the CEO part is, is the part he can't handle. I agree. I think that there's when – you, when you are Notre Dame – you you don't need to be anywhere. You're Notre Dame. There's certain there's certain you know programs that are out there that if they didn't have a uh, you know conference or whatever the case may be, you should stand above it. And Notre Dame is one of them. Michigan, uh, yeah, Alabama. If they weren't part of you know all these teams, they they could stand alone. You take them all out and make them all even. Take away conferences and everything else. Notre Dame has got to be one of those teams that stand there. And I think they should and could, but I don't think I don't think it's the right guy at the head, like you said. Good point about the CEO. I think that's a really good point because when you're looking at a team like Notre Dame and where they're headed, because let's be honest, if you take away last year, the three years before that, they're eh, you know not very eh, you know maybe a little, but but to actually drive the ship and keep it. The, the CEO keeps it at, to where it's at the top like it was last year. And I agree with you. I don't think that that is the right guy that will keep it up. Now, the AD's got a lot of work to do, Cuervo, in Notre Dame, if that's not going to be the case. That means someone else is driving the ship. So, in reality, you're looking at the head coach as the co-guy you know, the, the, you know, co that runs the ship. And as an AD, now the ADs are going to have to step in and be the big guys to steer the ship uh, more so be the captain more so than having, you know, a second, second person there running it. So d- do you see it as a problem with Notre Dame having the staff of Notre Dame being the team, being the, in reality, you know, being the guys that are steering the ship for Notre Dame more so than the coach? Um, not, not necessarily. I, 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 it's, it's a little different when it comes to, 
an independent school like Notre Dame. And yes, while you can, you can sell the, you know, your program off of the name itself. Uh, I think nowadays it's, I think, I think that, that magic of what Notre Dame stands for, their history, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of worn off a little bit. It, it, it's not what it used to be. It, it, you know, I agree. guys aren't uh, excited about like, Oh, I want to go play for Notre Dame. Like I just, I don't get that feeling from these high school kids anymore where, to where they're excited to even go visit Notre Dame uh, at the school because, I mean, if, if you look at, you know, the past 10 years, what have they, what have they produced? Yes, they got to that one national championship, and, and as Naj pointed out, they, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they didn't belong on that field that night. So I agree. Um, but you, you look at, okay, who, who has come out of that school to say, well, Sam, if I go to this school, I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it to the league. I'm going to make it to the NFL. Like Brady Quinn. I mean, yeah. You don't, have, unless you're an offensive lineman, unless you're one of those, you know, big cornbread type guys who, who, um, you know, who's going to be an offensive lineman one day. It, like, there's been some great offensive linemen to come out of. Uh, to come out of Notre Dame. You know, you got Quentin Nelson who just got drafted here. Zach Martin who plays for the Dallas Cowboys now. You know, those are two prime examples right there. If if you're going to be an offensive lineman, you know, Notre Dame could very well be a a place you can go and, you know, you could start right away and you'll get, you know, you'll probably get drafted. Like, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I haven't, unless I'm just not thinking clear enough, I have I can't think of any other position or any other player that is a household name that has come from Notre Dame in the past few years. It's, it, I just don't see it. I don't see it either, and that's going to be a big question. I, I, you know, obviously within what's going on, I continue where they are. I don't know. We'll see what happens this year. Now, Cuervo. Some other news I want to hit to that, and then I'll get Naj again. We'll talk about this part as, the you know, Jimbo Fisher goes ahead and gets that contract, signs with Texas A&M, Cuervo, and then now all of a sudden, guess what? There's accusations of, uh, of NCAA violations that are going on. I don't know the story behind it, but I know that you do. Get us up to date on what you're hearing about Jimbo Fisher and your feeling about what's going on at Texas A&M and the coaching situations and the players accusing coaches of wrongdoing. Yo, Cuervo, you're on mute. I am, Sonny. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, I, I, I know some of the details. I don't uh, – it's been a while since I've – like read stuff about it, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull something up and, and, and kind of just go over it real quick. But yeah, the, 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 obviously, you know, Jim fish, Jimbo Fisher leaves Florida state, which kind of shocked me in itself. Uh, but, uh, you know, the big thing is when it comes to this, uh, you know, uh, uh, violations that supposedly, um, you know, about, about injuries. It, it, the, the big thing is about injuries and, um, you know, him him mishandling them and reporting them or whatever the case may be. 
Um, he's pretty much denying everything. Um, so he claims that he doesn't know anything or he's denying it, whatever. And that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, he, uh, you know, he gets asked about reports that he hears. He's like, I don't know anything about it, you know, stuff like that. So, got it. Uh, so I think, so you know, he's just, he's just kind of just denied, he denied, just, denied. That's he all he's doing. It, right. Yeah. He obviously has to answer to something that happened before he got there, if I'm not mistaken, or is this while they're there? Because I, I'm I'm really confused about the whole situation regarding that. Is it uh, accusation against Jimbo Fisher, or is it an exact a, an accusation against the coaching staff before Jimbo Fisher? Or do you know? I, I and Naj, do you know? Do you know the story on this? Maybe you know the background on it. Yeah, as far as I know, we're looking at it from both institutions, from Florida State, uh, the previous regime, and also some of the work that's been going on for uh, early summer work. But um, this is kind of the new quintessential question. You've you got to walk the fine line now. The idea yep. of hurt or injured, that question we used to say, like laughing, like that stuff, it's not funny anymore because there's going to be consequences. So there's, yes. there's a point to where pushing somebody to dig a little deeper and then also understanding that, no, this guy might legit be hurt and you're not a medical professional. You better be careful, Coach. Like, that's that's kind of what's ringing out here. Everybody's going to have to answer that. But Texas A&M, man, they're one of those programs. They had those Manziel years, and for some reason they believe that can be the norm there. And I think they're sadly mistaken, and they're throwing a boatload of money at a program that is not going to be one of the premier ones. Like, I agree. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I am right you there you with are. you. I, I am right there with you. We're in Texas, you know, and it's all about Texas football here and, and seeing what's going on. But I'm going to tell you right now, it, it is great. It, I don't know. It's one of those things. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. Jimbo Fisher. I mean, Cuervo, I'm right there with you. I was actually shocked that whole thing happened. Uh, what's going on by the way. And, and just to let everybody know, I, I, I've been accused of out of sight and out of mind, okay? But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this uh, just to let everybody know I have noticed going on. There have been several killed at a video game uh, tournament. It's kind of in the sports area. This happened in Jacksonville, and this is coming out. Mm-hmm. It's been reported that several people have been killed in a shooting at an entertainment complex in Jacksonville. This was a tournament, and I guess a gunman went all out there and uh, was dead at the scene, and there's no other suspect. It looks like it's number one. But another uh, another situation, holy smoke, uh, about what's you know going on and some of the things that are happening. Um, we are not blind to it. It is sports. We get it. I, I, I've been told that video games is sports, so I'm trying to be passionate enough to let that story out. I don't know if anybody is. We do know about what's going on and with everything that's happened, whether it was the Pulse nightclub uh, back in the day or some of the other things that have happened in the past, you know, regarding that situation, uh, gamers uh, all around the world are definitely interested in this story. So I'll throw this out to you, Cuervo. I'm not a gamer. So I, I just, but I don't know if you're a gamer um, but this this has uh, ha- you know definitely hit the news rankings and it's out there. Um, so I- I'll throw that over to you, Cuervo. Yeah, Tony. So um, you know this this what this is about is um, 
So down in Jacksonville, they were holding a qualifying tournament, and it's for Madden 19. So it, yeah, it's, that's what I thought, Madden you know, 19, the, yeah. The, yeah, the one NFL game that, that everybody plays. Okay, so if you own an Xbox or a PlayStation and you're into football at all, you pro- chances are you have uh, Madden 19 that just came out two weeks ago. I do play that game, Sonny, and I play it pretty religiously. So, but um, yeah, so there was a qualifying tournament going on, uh, you know, qualifying to um, because uh, here's the thing, and, and you may not know this, so and I don't, uh, you know, back in you know, it, it, you know, Madden for years was just a casual like, hey, you know, you play with friends at at, at your house or whatever, but now with with the way times have changed in technology and social media and all this other stuff. Madden has become so big that kind of like how uh, Texas Hold'em poker evolved. You know, it it turned into a couple of tournaments on TV, you know, it turned into a couple of tournaments on TV. And now it's, it's a thing where every year it's shown on ESPN and you can win millions of dollars with that tournament. Right. Well, Madden is no different. Um, you know, Madden has different modes uh, uh, that you can play. Uh, one of them is, is what's called Ultimate Team. So with it, with, you can you pretty much build your own, own team how you want to build it. Uh, and it's in the form of playing cards. So it's literally like cards that you get of certain uh, individuals. It's guys that play now, legends that have played from the past. Um, you know, and, and even during the draft, you'll get uh, rookie guys, you know, guys that are about to get drafted and, it, it, it just it goes. It, it, there's so much that goes into it, but the point is, um, cities around the country host tournaments that qualify you to to move on to like regional tournaments, and then be, then it becomes national around the holiday season. So uh, that's that's how it, that's how it has become now, Sonny. And the unfortunately, the qualifying tournament that was going on in Jacksonville in a mall, um, you know, it was. You know, some idiot felt like, you know, he wasn't uh, worthy enough for the tournament or something or whatever, and he decided to use gun violence. And it's, it's, it's extremely unfortunate. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, whether no matter, no matter what the situation was, whether it was a Madden tournament or, or whatever tournament, just the fact that, you know, we still see this around the country is, is I, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So. Yeah, uh, but it, just it, so everybody it, knows, that's what it was about. And it's so horrible. I, I'll, I'll show, I don't know if you know anything about it, Nash. So I'll give you an opportunity to hop in there if you want to. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we do typical things, thoughts and prayers. That like, there's really not much we can say that's going to be constructive or with something like this. But you know, there's a lot of things where online stuff is spilling over into real life, to where people who are socially undeveloped and have uh, sheer, you know, overreactions to everything, uh, those people can become violent. Now, I don't know if that's the case here. Again, I'm just giving my opinion. But this is crazy, man, that, that we're seeing stuff like this. And, man, look, when you have high stakes, people with those losses well. So, like, you just yeah. talked about this million-dollar tournament now. And there are people <laughs> who aren't built for that kind of stuff. And these people will, you know, act erratically. Like today, I lost about 500 bucks today on a DFS because the Nationals scored a million runs in the ninth inning. Now, I got to take that loss on the chin. Now, I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but I'm just talking about, like, imagine you spent 80 hours or whatever since this game came out trying to get into whatever tournament, 
and you're a little off as to begin with and a little violent to begin with, you could react in this way. So this, I'm not blaming yeah. the game. I'm not blaming the attorney or the money. I'm just saying we got a problem, and it's spilling over in the real life. Uh, as opposed to just being, you know, internet trolling or, or saying things, they're actually acting them out. What you know, and this this goes to me. Okay, now just a full full out. I'm 52 year old man. I don't get it. Uh, the video games. I I don't get it. But then again, I've been lost in you know lost in the 80s a long time ago. And but I I do understand how important. Matter of fact. There is a website where people actually play games on the web. It's called Twitch. I know of it. I don't. I never sat, but I went to it one day, and it's just these people playing mm-hmm. video games, you know, and people yep. watching people play video games. I'm like, geez, why don't you set up a, a sports show or something so, instead of that? My God, really? But it's amazing the impact that that website and other websites all over the world regarding video games and how much it is such a big time part of young people's lives. Notch, go ahead. You are there. Oh, I, I thought he was coming in, but yeah, I, I agree. But it, you know, the, the hobby is not the problem. The problem is us and figuring out, you know, the things that are wrong with society. But, man, you'd be amazed. I get on there, try to play some little young teenagers. They're beating the hell out of me. I have to go online to find a blitz video <laughs> yep. for what they're doing because they know yeah. way more than me and play more than me. Like, it's crazy, man. And but, now, yeah, whatever that, happened just... to the tournament for Pong, okay? I, I can probably get into that, <laughs> you know. I, I that That's literally how far I now. I did get hooked on Mario Brothers, uh, the Mario, the first one that came out on Nintendo. I did get hooked on that. But, you know, life overtakes that kind of stuff, and obviously you put things on the back burner. But it's amazing. You know, people making, like you said, people making millions and millions of dollars, not just a little, but a lot. Um, and I, I, yeah. I, see, I see where this is something that's serious, Cuervo, and, and a big-time story. Obviously, the, the shooting is the story, but just – Gaming itself and where it was when it first started from the Pong days of Sonny Clark to where it is now, man, it, it is amazing where it's at. And the changes to video game and the realistic things that they got going on. Like I said, I wouldn't know one control from the next and what button to push or this three buttons to push at one time in order to do that. And a button. Sonny, you give a 10-year-old that Super Mario Brothers we used to play they run through that thing in 10 minutes and look at us like there was something wrong with us to where we thought that it, that was difficult. Like, exactly. it's obvious to them, like, how to move through it. And we're sitting there playing that thing for months. And they can figure that thing out in minutes, man, because that stuff is so simplistic compared to what they do now. But I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, my man. It, it's different. No, it's a good point. I mean, and I, I, yeah. I, I will tell you, Cuervo, I don't think we'll ever get into – a gaming show because first of all, I, I don't care. And second of all, I'm, it, you know, it, it, the time that it would take to do that show in order to learn enough to do one is another. Um, but you know, putting it out, I mean, you're a gamer, you, but I, I mean, I don't know how much of a gamer you are. Um, well, I mean, I, I play just, just about every day, to be honest, uh, a little bit of Madden every day. I, I don't spend no eight, Ten hours a day on it, like some guys do. But to answer your question earlier, yeah. So uh, obviously, I'm I'm very familiar with Twitch, um, and that's actually how you can watch these these national tournaments 
uh, for Madden as they as they come up during the holiday season. That's how they broadcast them. Uh, you might you might see one or two on ESPN, but uh, most of them happen on Twitch. And you know, people that uh, uh, subscribe to Twitch, uh, you could pretty much search it, and and you've got the channels there to watch. It's 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 almost like it's watching TV for video games, if that makes any sense at all. So you could you could change the channel by doing a search for a certain game, and you'll and you know five six people are are playing and they're broadcasting it. So like with Fortnite and all that stuff. Uh, so it, it pretty much um, that's that's just you know that's how that's how it is now. On top of that, you know the the reason it's become so big too is because money is involved. You can right. you can make money. You can win make money. money. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and we're not talking you know a thousand bucks. You know we're talking hundreds of thousands. Okay. Some people even go as far as making making it their full-time job. And what I mean by that is they use YouTube, right? So guys will use YouTube to make videos on giving you tips on how to uh, do certain things on Madden, um, you know, with, with things that are coming out in the game. Hey, you know, this is, this is how you should do it. Whatever. If you get enough subscribers, you get enough uh, people to subscribe to your YouTube channel, you will make money from that. And Amazing. some people use that as their full-time job, and they will post three, four, five videos a day uh, about the game itself and things that they've done to become successful and, and, and giving you tips on how to be successful on the game, whether it's Madden or whatever other game there is. But the point is, if you have enough subscribers, um, YouTube pays you for that. And if you have enough wow. views, they will pay you for all that stuff. So that's what that's what you know. That's what the generation has become. So it's it's techno it's technologically uh, uh, driven. So you yeah. know, bragging rights is no longer out in the alley when you're playing basketball with your friends. Like you know, you won that game of twenty one, like it was when we grew up. Now, yeah. it's, well, you know, I could beat you. I could beat you online playing Madden or Fortnite or, or whatever other games that the kids playing now. It's, it's all, it's all technology. And a friend of mine actually runs the, what's called the simulation football league that's on the Twitch. And I I'm hoping that Twitch did not have that, that Madden thing going on. Cause like you said, they have all kinds of live things. I just switched on to it they, and they're, they're not there. So, um, so, you know, hopefully that wasn't, you know, live when that thing broke out. So, um, that mm-hmm. having been said, it is what it is, but yeah, the simulation, uh, football league is a friend of mine owns it. He asked me to get involved with, it, and I'm like, dude, you, you are talking to the wrong guy. I, I, I'm, not sure about it. So, interestingly enough, that's within the news, and it, I, I figured we'd spend a couple of minutes on it. Cuervo, we did five hours. I mean, we're, we're 10 to 5. Okay, we've done five hours. I mean, geez, we need a life? I don't know. But when it comes to Sunday, <laughs> we're about ready to do what we're about ready to do, which is, I, I said... 
So next week we are on at noon because it's not week number one. It's the week after that. That is week number one. So yes. we will be on at noon next week. And then we kick up with our nine o'clock, uh, nine to noon, taking us into uh, red zone. So Naj, if you're interested, we'll be on 12 to three next week. And then the week after that, nine to noon, taking us up as we'll be picking the games and everything else and giving our opinions about what we'll see. So if you're interested, you're more than welcome to come on board for that. Okay. Sounds good, man. We'll do it. And just for the record, uh, that $500 uh, nice place that I had, uh, I am at $3 now. So thanks ah, to the Cardinals and, and, and Nationals <laughs> for taking money out of my pocket. So, yeah. There you go. That and, and, and that's one thing. We don't cover a lot of baseball, and it, there's been a lot of news. I actually watched more baseball this week than I have all, we, uh, all weekend because my dad was watching the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, you know, spending time with him, that's about all I did on baseball. But as we move close, as we move to it, Cuervo, three, you know, amazingly enough, five hours, five hours on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Um, and um, I don't know about your availability or anything, but when you're able to hop on, hop on, and uh, we'll knock it out and get set for next week, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, Sonny. Yeah, I I, uh, I will be available next week as well for uh... – for next week's show. I don't know. I mean, we broke all the divisions down, so I don't know what, uh, what you wanted to cover from there. I know, no, I know a lot of times we've gone into like, okay, well, these are the teams that we predict that are going to be in the playoffs. And then from there we can move forward with like, you know, who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, who's going to win the MVP, Absolutely. who's going to win rookies of the year and coach of the year. And I know we've done that in the past. We haven't been consistent yep. with it, but you know, if, if that's something that you want to look into. Also, I was going to ask you, because I know you've done it with me before, um, are you going to get into any fantasy this year? Because if you are, obviously you have an automatic invite into my league. And and I will tell you that the time that it takes to do it and to do it right. <laughs> and that's the big thing. The time to do it right is I don't have that time. So just, just to let you know. So uh, you don't need to send me an invitation because I won't be able to, to dedicate myself to do it right. And I don't like doing things halfway. So uh, just more in the fact to let you know. So um, I don't know if anybody else would be interested, but get a hold of Corbin. Naj, do you do fantasy? Uh, no, not that kind. I do the daily uh, thing, so I, I don't really mess ah. with that one. But got it. All right. Yeah. So you you want okay. the you want the you want the immediate payout that you're going to get from FanDuel or something like that. Yep, that's the L I took today, my man. Yep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Cardinals beat you up pretty bad. Sorry about that, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is our Sunday morning tradition. We appreciate everybody joining us as we went into a little bit of overtime, two hours of overtime, five hours on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Seemed like we just started an hour ago. That's going to do it for me, for Sonny Clark, for Nut, uh, for Cuervo, and for Nas who joined us. And he's always got the open invitation. I am Sonny Clark, the gorgeous working man in sports radio. Don't forget, Rowlett Eagles varsity pregame show will be up no later than Thursday, maybe Wednesday. And we got Rowlett Eagles varsity football starting up as well on Friday. Friday Night Lights here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. The Rowlett Eagles take on the McKinney Mustangs. 
We'll do that on Friday. Everybody have a good day. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.